Welcome, everybody. Episode one of the Grass is Always Greener podcast, Michigan State podcast, brought to you by me, Ryan Elke. I am your host. I am a huge MSU fan. I cover MSU football and basketball. So let's get into this. It is National Signing Day. Let's go. We're talking about recruiting. That's right, recruiting today. Got pretty hope. All right, always going to talk about recruiting. Um, so a good day for MSU football. Uh, I honestly think uh, the way Mel Tucker started being hired middle of February, really only getting a handful of kids, and I think a handful might be um, stretching it of how many kids actually got to be on campus before the world shut down and to get the class he did uh, in the situation he was in, um, I don't think kind of amazing. I don't want to overhype it, but just kind of by the rankings, where they are, um, what's still to come, I hopefully what's still to come. I, he did a fantastic job. So um, after the first day of signing period, um, you know, for the people that have signed Michigan State, Right now ranked at 33, uh, according to 24-7 Sports. They're a little higher on some other websites. But 33 is pretty solid, especially for your first year going through that. Looking back in the D'Antonio era, his first year, his recruiting class was 53rd. On average, Mark D'Antonio's recruiting classes were 32nd. So... Not a bad way for Mel Tucker to open up his recruiting process. And granted, it took a little bit of a surprise get for it to bump up that much. For the you know first part of the afternoon, um, he was sitting in the uh, low 40s. It was around like 42, 43, kind of fluctuated with the signing here, signing there. So, uh, But not a bad way for Tucker to start his this recruiting process. So I, as I said... D'Antonio averaged a recruiting class ranked around 32. The highest D'Antonio ever got was 17, and that was in 2016. And that 2016 recruiting class wasn't a good one. Nothing panned out. Of course, it was the Donnie Corley, Austin Robinson class. So you have your top recruits just really flame out um, because of sexual assault cases. So that. Uh, so the highest rated recruiting class for D'Antonio never panned out, but that's where D'Antonio thrives is when these recruiting classes were coming in in the 30s, in the high 20s, because he was just getting guys that he thought was fit, that he wanted. So so I'm kind of excited about this class. Quick rundown of the class uh, right now. I think there's 16 sign. 16 sign, and you have uh, one transfer coming in. I'll quickly just run through. Uh, all of them quick. Cameron Allen, tight end out of Texas, 6'4", 220. Yeah, pay attention to the size a little bit because it's kind of a theme Mel Tucker was going for. He even said uh, Wednesday uh, afternoon in his media availability before the Big Ten Network show. Uh, Brandon Baldwin, 6'7", uh, coming from Independence Community College in Kansas. Uh, you may recognize that that school because they were featured on Last Chance U, the Netflix show. Uh, but he's originally from Southfield, a 6'7", 315. Look at that size. Get girth on the offensive line. 
That's what I love. That's what Michigan State's needed. So I think that's one direction you'll see with Tucker is the size of the offensive line that he's getting. And, like, he just wants big guys in there to protect. Uh, Antoine Booth, uh, cornerback out of Maryland, 5'11", was listed at six foot originally. I think at one point is listed at all of Tucker's recruits who are above six foot, but I guess Booth technically 5'11", some change. Uh, Ethan Boyd, 6'7", 295, coming out of East Lansing High School, another offensive lineman, huge. I believe the average size of the offensive line recruits is 6'6", 302, is what Tucker said on Wednesday. And I feel like that's something MSU has been missing for a couple of years. They've had a lot of smaller offensive linemen. It just hasn't worked. They haven't stayed healthy. So to get the size back on the offensive line, has, it was a real important issue for Tucker. Uh, kind of mentioned, like, no, we need people there. We need good size there. And I think they got that with these recruits that they brought in. Um, another cornerback, Chuck Brantley, coming out of Florida. That was another big emphasis from uh, this MSU coaching staff is they need to reload their secondary. Uh, really, to, they need to reload defense and off, just the whole defense because you have a lot of people leaving. And we'll touch on that in a little bit. And your offensive line, just because it was just depleted in talent and size. So you kind of see that throughout the recruiting of, what direction Tucker's wanting to build this team. Uh, so we had Chuck Brantley, uh, Car Carson Castile, linebacker out of Alabama, 6'3", 220. Uh, Hamp Fay, quarterback I'm really excited about, 6'6", 230, coming out of Texas. Uh, wasn't that highly rated, rated a three-star, rated a top 100 player in Texas, which would put him probably a top 20 in any other state. But the only reason he's rated that low is because, and as most Michigan State fans probably do know already, that he didn't play his junior season because of injuries. So he's coming in uh, with a really solid senior season. Yeah, really solid senior season. Uh, 109 for 182, 1,450 yards. It's over 200 yards a game, 14 touchdowns. That's just seven games in 2020. So pretty, pretty solid season for for Hant Fay, so I, I don't know why I'm really excited about this quarterback. I almost feel like a Michigan fan how excited I am about a quarterback who hasn't proven himself. But I'm not calling Heisman yet. I'm not going to call for a Heisman quarterback that hasn't played a snap. We'll leave that to Wolverine fans. I'm, I'm going to play a little, little cool and cool and collected right now. Uh, moving on, Michael Gravely. Junior safety out of Cleveland, 6'1", 195. Uh, Derek Harmon, D-tackle out of Detroit, 6'6", 350. Tucker said, like, you, you can't move once he's in front of you. So I think a great run-stopping size for Derek Harmon. I think he's going to fill a need on that defensive line if he's going to play next year. So that is... That size you can look forward to. <laughs> Stephon Johnson next. Cornerback, 6'170 out of Venice, Florida. A.J. Kirk, he is going to be on campus early as well as Hamp Fay. And I believe there are two others outside of Kirk and Fay that are arriving early um, to campus. And yeah, it'll be Fay, Ethan Boyd, uh, Michael Gravely, and A.J. Kirk. So those are the four. They are the early enrollees of the class. Um, and then to round out the class, Alex Okello, D-line, 6'6", 215 out of Nashville. Davion Prim, he was the first um, 
verbal commit under Mel Tucker. He is the first to sign yesterday. Running back out of Oak Park, 6'1", 205. Tyson Watson, D-end out of Roseville, went to Warren Mott, 6'6", 275. Kevin Wigginton, 6'5", 295 out of New Jersey. So big boys. And then we had a nice big surprise on signing day that kind of boosted, I think, a lot of Michigan State fans. It boosted the you know, the staff, because it was a, a surprise. So there's there's one guy from MSU's, uh, like, I don't know, team, or I, I don't know his exact role. It's escaping me right now. But as all these players were signing in, he was like, he goes, don't worry, there's a surprise coming. Like, the kid hasn't announced where he's going yet, but he didn't want to make it public yet. He just wants to sign, and he wants to have it done. And, like, don't worry, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then, sure enough, like, on Wednesday, like, our – Availability of Mel Tucker ends at like 1 o'clock, and then uh, I'll look up the exact time at the moment, but it was it was close to almost like right, yeah, like 15 minutes after we got off with Mel Tucker, then Ma Nateote, a four-star linebacker, top 150 recruit, committed to USC, flips his commitment, and signs with MSU. And that's just huge because this linebacker room is depleted. I mean, think Antoine Simmons probably gone. Uh, can come back next year. But who knows? Uh, nothing's been announced yet as opposed to a few other of his teammates. But he will most likely be gone. Uh, so it leaves you Noah Harvey and Chase Klein and a couple other freshmen. So it's the client. But another reason this is big is that uh, Ma Naoteote has a brother um, who is a junior at USC who is in the transfer portal. His brother, uh, I think it's Pavili. Pavili? I, I, we're going to have a hard time pronouncing this. We'll work it out together. But his brother is a former five-star, like top 15 recruit. That is coming from USC in the transfer portal. We don't know if his brother is coming to East Lansing, but it's trending that way. And you see that, and uh, you kind of wonder why. Why would this, you know, guy flip from USC to come to Michigan State? Why does brother come here? Where's the connection? The connection is they went to Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, and that's where Jalen Naylor went. So Jalen Naylor even tweeted out to Ma's brother, like, hey, come join us. Let's go. So we got a little recruiter out in Vegas. Name's Jalen Naylor. So we're hoping if, he can, if Ma brings his brother along, that kind of fills your linebacker void that you're going into next season. And so and with some new corners coming in, he gets some years under the belt of Angelo Gross and Gervin. And Xavier Henderson decides to come back. Your secondary's looking a little stronger. Your defensive line still needs a little work, but you're getting some more size in there as well. You got Fletcher, who played a little bit this year, who's coming back. So, like, the defense is starting to shape up when there's a lot of question marks like three weeks ago of what it looked like next year. And so I think that that's what really flipped my excitement from this recruiting class is because it went from – like, okay, this is nice, too. All right, we got some juice now. We're cooking with gas. Like, let's go. Like, I don't get excited about recruiting too much because you you don't know what you got until it's on the field. So, like, that's, that's how I normally take recruiting. But when you kind of start to see a tide turn a little bit, 
in recruiting. I, like, I don't see how you can't get excited about what's going on. So, and then also, uh, Michigan State does bring in a transfer. Uh, it was announced late Wednesday night. Uh, his name's Anthony Russo. Uh, he is out of Temple. So he will have, he's coming in as a graduate transfer. So played three seasons, technically two and a half, like he played three games this year. He started 27 games at Temple. Um, you know, decent, you know, completion percentage, almost 60% on his career. Uh, over 6,000 yards passing in his career. 44 touchdowns to 32 interceptions. Okay. Uh, yards per attempt is right at seven for his career. So it seems like a nice option. I'm just wondering where, what to do with Peyton Thorne. Like, you hope at this point, Thorne has been announced as the starter versus Maryland, is a redshirt freshman. Like, at this point, you got to take Rocky Lombardi, I think, out of the conversation. I hope at least we can take him out of the conversation because at least with Peyton Thorne, you've seen with this offense – that it's a little more consistent. Thorne is not taking his one read. If it's not there, he's chucking the ball. Or if he freezes on the one read, he's getting sacked. Or just the horrific multiple turnovers. We're not seeing that out of Thorne yet. We're seeing uh, a little more variety. Has a little bit fresher legs, a little better escapability. Can still hit that deep ball like Rocky was hitting um, in those few games, you know, beating Michigan. 27-24, let's never forget it. Always remind your Michigan friends that that happened this year with Rocky Lombardi, with that caliber Rocky Lombardi is. Um, but but that we saw more consistent with Thorne. And so I'm hoping, like, I don't know, I was looking forward to them trying to hit the transfer portal hard, which Mel Tucker has stressed that, like, yeah, we need to hit the transfer portal to kind of to rebuild this team in a quicker way. Like I can do it through recruiting, but that takes two, three years for that to really come to fruition with the transfer portal. We can bridge that gap and maybe cut a year off of that rebuilding process. But I don't want to overhype Thorne and thinking like, yeah, Thorne's the guy, Thorne's the guy when it's in reality, he started one game, but being a redshirt freshman, I think that's where every college fan likes to be where it's like, yeah, this quarterback's good. We have a great quarterback for at least two seasons. But is it great as in this is what Peyton Thorne is? Or is it an anomaly like what Rocky Lombardi was versus Purdue in his first start? Well, different starts. Rocky Lombardi against Purdue is slant, 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 slant. With Peyton Thorne, you saw going deep, going to the right, going to the left, running a little bit, escaping. So... You see, it's not the same, but you hope it's also not the same where we're looking in two years and like, is Thorne really going to have to play quarterback this year? So I don't want to overhype Peyton Thorne, but I think hopefully going into next year, it's Thorne's job to lose. And that he plays well against Maryland. If MSU does in fact get a bowl game somehow this season, that it's that it's his game to like his game to play. That as, as Mel Tucker said in media availability uh, earlier in the week, that you know um, Rocky wouldn't be available for Maryland on Saturday. But if if a bowl game does happen, that they would play. That they hope to see Rocky dressing 
And it's like, at this point, like, I'd just love to see Peyton Thorne. I feel like we kind of know what Rocky Lombardi is and has been. Let's give Thorne a chance to lose this job. And I hope that's what's coming in next year with Anthony Russo. Because so far, I've liked what I've seen from Peyton Thorne. I've, like, it reminds me of, like, what I hoped Brian Lewerke would have been. Like, has a, a little more, like, he's a mobile-type quarterback and hit shorter throws, but, like, Lewerke couldn't go downfield as much. The arm strength wasn't there. And Lewerke had one dumb turnover every single game. But, like, Peyton Thorne looks like the complete version the more polished version so far of Brian Lewerke, of what we're all hoping for, of like the the 2018 or the 10 and 3 version of Brian Lewerke, like where we see a little more polished up. So that's what I'm hoping for. Like I hope Russo can push the competition a little, but I I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen much of Thorson play. I actually saw a tweet coming in about Thorson that. Um, this guy's a Temple alum. Says MSU got a pretty good quarterback in Russo. He could push for playing time. Uh, I just don't think our new coach, coach used him directly. Says the Russo has potential. That's someone who lives out in Pennsylvania. So has watched him play for the last three seasons. So, I mean, it gives me a little hope that, like, that next year, like, you have Thorne and you have Russo possibly if something happens. That's my lofty goal, I think, for MSU going into next year. Is that Hamp Bay, you know, take a red shirt year, kind of let things play out. But I don't know, that's that's where we are in recruiting right now. So it's just uh it it was a good day. Like I said, it it was I think the best we could hope for as a state fan. Now there are a couple um lingering recruits that did not sign yesterday and up until Nateo Tay's uh, commitment, they were the three highest recruits of Michigan State's class that didn't sign. But now Nateo Tay is the highest signed recruit, but the three left to sign are Brayshawn Benny, D-Tackle, out of Oak Park. He is a, I believe, a composite four-star. He only verbally committed last month, so it looks like maybe he will sign in February when the next signing day is. Um, the other two... Uh, it could get tricky. We could possibly lose one or both. Uh, the first one is Audric Estime, the running back out of St. Joseph Regional in New Jersey. Was a three-star when he verbally committed, or pretty much when he verbally committed right before the high school season started, right when his high school season started. Um, then had a hell of a senior year. Ended up winning New Jersey Player of the Year. Was running all over everybody. I think it was getting some state fans excited. Got that extra star added on. And then about a week ago, so did an offer from Notre Dame. And that's where I think every state fan's heart dropped. My heart dropped a little. Because it's like, shit. <laughs> like, and I know Tucker and his coaching staff are making a huge push on getting him to sign on this early signing period. Um, they were like, yeah, let's do it. Like, you're already committed to us. But it just, it, it's trending where we're seeing the crystal balls starting to flip to Notre Dame. And that's not good. Those crystal balls are fairly accurate. Most of them are 
most of these guys putting these crystal balls up there, they're hitting with 90% accuracy on these. So it's it would stink that he would leave because it, he seems like a nice promising prospect, especially coming into this running back room where it's going to be a little depleted. You have Jordan Simmons, who's a true freshman, who I really like this year. He seemed like the most complete runner. He When he saw a hole, he would hit it hard. There was no hesitation. And like so I like him coming back next year as the feature back. Then you have Connor Hayward. I can't roll my eyes hard enough when I have to mention his name, but I think he should be gone after this season. That leaves you with Elijah Collins. Who knows what's going through Elijah Collins' head right now? Uh, coming off a freshman year where he gets almost 1,000 yards rushing, comes back, new coach, doesn't get the, the start in the first game, and, we, and what we've seen him this year is just looked slow and indecisive and at some point sluggish. So it's it's hard to know where he his head is at, where his, where his head's at or where his head will be going. Like, does he transfer? Because... Where would he even look to? Would another Big Ten team offer him? Another Power 5 team offer him? We'd have to go to a lesser conference so if we see some playing time. You don't know. But also, when you're coming back looking at it, like you could be, again, the number two guy in in the backfield next year and gets a little more playing time. Anthony Williams, he's gone. Connor Hayward, gone. So you should be competing with other freshmen that are coming in. And if S time's not coming in, I don't think you're going to get that big of a push for playing time behind you. So that is a big one that's still kind of lingering out there. I think Rayshon Benny, I think with the Mateote signing, I think that's good to see that the defense is building up and hopefully some people can poke at him. And also being from Oak Park, uh, his teammate, I believe Davion Prim, is coming as well, running back. So there, there's at least that connection there where Prim can keep poking a little. And like, come on, bro, let's, let's go, let's go. We can do this together. So but as for the other recruit that isn't signed yet um, is S-Time's teammate, Gino Vandemark, guard out of St. Joseph Regional in New Jersey, three-star, 6'5", 295. So maybe Vandemark just is waiting to sign, like, hey, my high school season just finished. We had a good year. I just want to, you know, take my time to enjoy that. But, or maybe he's just trying to see if S time can get him to Notre Dame. I don't know. But those are two, two people that I'd look to. I mean, as of right now, Vandermark doesn't even have an offer or anything from Notre Dame. So maybe he's trying to work for one through S time. But I'm not going to speculate too much. I think it's just more. Maybe he wants to commit with S-Time and S-Time's holding him up. That that could also be the situation as well. So, but that's it. That, that's it for recruiting um, today. So, again, just to recap, 16 recruits coming in. One transfer, Anthony Russo, uh, quarterback, coming in from Temple. And hopefully another one, uh, the other Nateote coming from USC. I hope that can be another transfer coming in for Mel Tucker. But as for total, uh, right now, currently on 24-7, ranked the 33rd class in the nation, ninth in the Big Ten, which, again, is kind of a normal, familiar feeling uh, from the Mark D'Antonio days. So as long as Tucker got the right fit, uh, it should be good. Now let's move on. Uh, Big Ten honors 
and all team, like all coaches, all media team, was announced this week and players of the year. Uh, as for the offensive side, I mean, there's nothing. What are you going to expect? There, there's nothing there. Uh, as for the defensive side, uh, you had two players named uh, on the coaches' side of the all-defensive team. Shakur Brown, first-team Big Ten, well-deserved, led the nation. Say the nation with five interceptions. So glad to see a little respect on his name, at least from the coaches. And then Antoine Simmons comes in at third team on the coaches' all-Big Ten football team. Uh, love Antoine Simmons. Honestly, he's one of my favorite players that I've covered. I haven't covered many, but when he sits, when he's speaking, you sit down and listen. Um, I think Antoine Simmons is—he's going to be a, a hell of a pro wherever he goes and when he goes. Uh, he's a great leader. Has great discipline. I just love it. But he's also going to be a fantastic coach. Whenever he gets there, like whenever his career plays out and he's ready to take that step. I think he's going to be a phenomenal coach. Just, I just remember too, like after the Michigan game, not this season, last season when it's in the big house, we're in the scrum. Like, yeah, I think I'm t talking to one of the Dow brothers and like, there's a few other players scattered around the media room. And you just hear Antoine Simmons just talking like, you know, this is not acceptable. We're not going to take somewhere. And like his voice took over the room. Like every reporter turned around and started looking at him. Every player turned and looked at him. Antoine Simmons knows how to set a tone for a team. He's done it on the defense for years. I think he's going to be a great pro the way he carries himself and the way he plays. And when he gets it, he's going to be a fantastic coach. One, I hope that he comes back to Michigan State and coaches one day. I, I just love him so much. I have a, ugh, just I just love it. So one of my favorite players. But yeah, third team, um, all Big Ten coaches team. When we go to the media, both Shakur Brown and Antoine Simmons, uh, both named to the second team. So media, come on, name, name Shakur Brown to the first team. That's a joke. Speaking of a joke, the defensive back of the year in the Big Ten. Uh, was Sean Wade out of Ohio State. Great corner, nice season. Did he lead the nation in interceptions? I don't think so. So, a little bit of a robbery job there, but I digress. Um, I digress. Speaking of Shakur Brown, he has announced he is going to the draft. Announced, I uh, can't remember the exact day. It was earlier, earlier this week. A little unsure if he'll play Saturday. I believe Tucker's still trying to talk him into it. So, but if he's going, so he, I hope he, I hope he gets drafted. I mean, I mean that's all we can say. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice if he came back and we'd have him for another year. But if he, like, he's riding high, you have that good of a season, that great of a season, and you can put on, you know, your draft tape, your draft profile. I led college football in interceptions, and guess what, Michigan State. Played in less games than a hell of a lot more people. And any of the people in the SEC were playing. Many people in the ACC were playing. So you can put that claim on your draft profile going into putting your name in that hat. Yeah, why not take that shot right now? So 
yeah, best of luck to him. Also appreciate his mom, T. Every time I tweet about him, she's liking my tweets. So uh, I, I will forever appreciate that. And just know I appreciate your son and how great he played this year and how much of a season he's had. Uh, the other news was coming yesterday that Naquan Jones announces that he is entering his name into the NFL draft. I, I don't think that was that big of a surprise. Had a great season, a little bit of a rocky start. There's one game where he didn't start the year, but didn't start this, you know, didn't wasn't the starting player of defensive tackle, but that really woke him up. Great nose tackle. He'll probably be a mid to late round draft pick. Keep that draft streak alive. I can't even keep track of what number it is honestly at the MSU draft streak. It is one of the top five in the nation. I know that. I know it's up to like 67 years, I think. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, U of M streak is 82 years. MSU is already up to 80. Holy cow. Starting with the 1941 draft. They have had a person selected. Holy snaps. So, um, yeah, that's something I always kind of keep track of it. And it's always odd to see that going because you know some of the bad teams that Michigan State has had. And you're surprised someone always kinds of get drafted. And to me, it's always like, all right, the John L. Smith years, Bobby Williams years, there always has to be like one team where you think like, how is someone going to get drafted off this team? Like, that's where we kind of think about when the team starts, <laughs> when the season starts going bad. is like what recruits are coming in and, you know, can that draft streak still keep going? But so that's where that's where the team's at now. Shakur Brown leaving for the draft. Naquan Jones leaving for the draft. Those were kind of expected. So uh, no other names have popped up. I know. So when they do, um, we'll, we'll let you. I'm sure you'll know. Uh, as for the basketball team, uh, this weekend they play Northwestern on Sunday night. MSU football, they play Maryland Saturday night, 7.30. So I'll have probably another episode coming out Monday. Um, just to kind of go over the weekend, kind of finalize the football season and see where the basketball team season is starting Big Ten play. So uh, thanks for being here for the first episode. Again, it's Grass is Always Greener. Find us on Twitter at AlwaysGreenMSU. If you ever have a question you want to ask me, hit me up on Gmail. Grass is Always Greener, MSU at Gmail. Shoot me an email. You know, if you have any questions or some topic you want to talk about, or you can find me on my personal Twitter, Ryan, E-L underscore key for my last name, Elkie. So uh, thanks for coming along on the ride. Remember, download, subscribe. You can find the podcast on Apple, on Google, on Spotify. So it's wherever you get your podcast needs is where we're at. So thank you for the first episode. We talked about recruiting. I can't help but make the Brady Hope joke. Anyways, have a great day. Go green. Naturally, as I finish recording, news coming in, Michigan State versus Maryland this Saturday is officially canceled due to some COVID-19 issues with the Terrapins. So MSU so prepared to play Maryland. Just <laughs> two full weeks of prep. Um, but that that's where we're at. So um, hopefully MSU gets that bolted. Anyways, go have a great day. 
go green, go white. Let's enjoy some basketball this weekend.